chapter 3, verse 11. Oh, they have it up on the board for me. Uh, can you use the King James Version? That's it, huh? Okay, good. Glory to God. Matthew 3. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are going to bring revelation out of this because I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> I need you, Holy Spirit. You're the teacher. I'm not. So do what seemeth right in thine own eyes. You know what your people need to hear. So give them what they need for your glory. The word of God is the seed. Let it fall on good ground, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. What we're going to look at tonight, last night we looked at the uh, burial or the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the baptism of water. It spoke of being baptized or dying to sin. It represents death, being baptized into death, Jesus' death. Uh, death, the only way you can have victory over sin is death. And the baptism symbolizes the death, burial, and resurrection, which for you is the being dead to sin and arising in a new life or new walk with Jesus. The new life is the Holy Spirit walking in the spirit. The old life is the man of the flesh or the old man being buried and no longer existing because when something is buried, it's dead. It no longer exists. It's, it's gone. And so we talked about that last night. And what we want to touch on tonight is this word, the Holy Ghost and with fire. And we're going to emphasize the fire um, and what it means. And we're going to go into other areas. But initially, we're going to go into the fire of God and why the fire is essential. And we're going to see uh, on the day of Pentecost why it's described as fire. Okay? Glory to God. Matthew 3 and 11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear or to tie up. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Fire is a purifier. Mm -hmm. Fire purges. Mm -hmm. Fire cleanses. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, gold is purified. The dross or the impurities of gold comes off or are removed once it's in fire. Fire is a purification process. That's why some of your trials have been intense, like fire. Because God is using the trial to purify you in an area of your life. Whatever that area is, it's to purify you and to make you more like Jesus. When the Hebrew boys went through the fire in the book of Daniel chapter 3, it was said by King Nebuchadnezzar, turn the fire up seven times. Malkendori kaba. They were clothed in garments and in turbans, glory to God. And the word of God says the fire did not kindle upon them. In other words, it didn't touch them. What happened in that fire, however, the ropes, 
that they had tied behind their backs with their hands and arms were loosed. They were loosed. And what that speaks of is liberty and freedom. The fire is come to loose you, to set you free, even though it may look like it's intense, it's hot, it's difficult, it's trouble, it's anxiety, it's pressure, you don't like it, but the fire according to scripture from God, I'm not talking about any fire, I'm talking about the fire that comes from God, the fire that comes from above, that fire is to loose you. However, Jesus uses the fire in your life, no matter the intensity, he is in control of the temperature of that fire that's coming against you. God is in control of it. Not the devil, not circumstances, not the world. God is the one that turns the fire to the degree that is necessary to burn the ropes off of you. Glory to God. Woo! My God from heaven. That's the Lord teaching. I didn't, you know, I don't have any notes, so you know, I don't. I'm just telling you who it is now. I'm just, this is Jesus talking through me. I'm not doing this because I can't do this. I can't memorize anything like that. So the Holy Spirit is talking to you because he loves you. And he knows what you're dealing with. He knows what you're going through. And he wants to let you know that the fire is in his control. Just like with the Hebrew boys, they refuse to bow, which means to compromise with the world. They refuse to submit to the authority of a demonic system. Glory to God. And they say, we're going to stand for Jesus. And even if our God does not set us free, we still won't bow. Glory to God. And they went. When you stand for Jesus, oh God, you're going to be tried. You're going to be tested. You're going to be ridiculed. You're going to be mocked. You're going to be scorned. Your friends are going to turn their back on you. People are going to mistreat you. They're going to abuse you. They're going to use you. They're going to scandalize your name. They're going to talk about you. They're going to run from you. They're going to act like you got the coronavirus. <laughs> but God is in control. And he said, I will not put more on you than you're able to bear. Glory to God. I will not. He knows your breaking point. He knows how much you can take and how much you cannot take. And so God says, I will not. Turn the fire up higher than you can handle it because it's going to burn something off in your life. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Whew. Wow, Lord, I love you. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 14.40. 1 Corinthians 14.40. We love you, Lord. Look, watch this. Let all things, not some things. Let, I love that song. Thank you, brother. My God. Boy, I'm telling you, I'm feeling the anointing right now. 
I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now. Can you just lift your hands for one second? I know we just got started, but just tell them thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for coming. Jesus, we can do nothing without you. I surrender all to you. Surrender all to you. That's the price you have to pay to truly walk with Jesus. It's going to cost you everything. And you can't be afraid because he's in control. Don't be afraid. Fear not, he said, for I am with thee. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. It don't matter what it looked like. The devil going to show you stuff that looked crazy. I got all kind of notices. They tried to cancel my money. They tried to stop me. They tried to everything. Oh, Shabbat I got on my knees and I said, God, you in control. You in control. God reversed everything. He reversed all of it. He reversed it all. He reversed it all. I'm talking about miracles. He reversed everything. And that's why I'm free. That's why I'm free. And that's why I can tell you because I went through the fire. I went through, I lost everything. Everything. I mean, when I say everything, I mean everything. But God restored it back to me and he's not finished. And if he did it for me, he's going to do it for you. Because I'm just here to testify of what he's already done and what he's about to do. Come on, don't be afraid. But you got to give him your all now. He said, let all things be done decently and in order. What does that mean? God has an order to everything that happens in your life. You can't put C before A. He's going to take you through A, B, C. Am I right, teacher? <laughs> you cannot reverse the order. No matter how difficult it is, how troubling it may appear, there is an order that God still has, and he will fulfill his order because he said it in his word. Let all things be done decent and in order. The sun comes up in the east because he said it that way. And it sets in the west. He said it that way. That's his order. Amen? You cannot reverse his order. So now, all you can do is submit to his order. Let all things be done decently and in order. He has established leadership here. That's order. We have to, when the pastor says to me last night, that's enough. You know what I did? Stopped immediately. Gave him the mic. And I went over to my seat. Because I have to do things decent and in order. There is order in this house. And I cannot defy that order that God has set up. I cannot. Or else I will be out of order. Whoa. My God. My God. So you must do things God's order. His order is already established. You just have to submit to it. Amen. Glory to God. Oh, God, this is so good. I don't know what to do. Acts 2 and uh, verse 1. Yes, we'll, we'll go there first. Oh, kambo shembo torre. Malbe kandi benduruka kai. Lord, I give it all to you. I give it all to you. 
withholding nothing. Phew. I give you everything. I give you everything. Now watch this. This is going this to mess some of you guys up. Watch this. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. What does that mean? They were in order. Chord speaks of music. If he hits an off note, everybody's going to know it. It's going to stand out like a sore thumb. And so the people are to be with one accord, as you are right now. Everybody's in the same tempo. Everybody's in the same flow of the spirit. Everybody's paying attention. That's being in unison in the spirit. And that's how God moves. He has an order. He can't move in chaos. Makato. Let me say that again. God cannot move in chaos. He is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Peace is order. And you will see God's order here before the Holy Ghost descended. First, they had to be in one accord. They had to be on the same spiritual agreement. How can two walk together, two or more, walk together unless they're in? Exactly. You have to agree with God before he moves. He's not going to move and you're in disagreement. Huh? You push him away, remember? In his own hometown, Nazareth. He went there to do miracles because of their unbelief. He could do no mighty miracles. Just a few, like headaches, that kind of thing, you know. Fever, just little like that. Why? Because of their unbelief. So they were not in accord with him. They were not in agreement with him. Everything in the universe that God created is set up to work in unison, in agreement with one another. The sun working with the moon and the earth. Huh? All of it is working together in a system that God set in motion. So his body also functions that way. Oh, my God. So his body functions that way. Verse 2. And suddenly, wait a minute, only after they were, only after now, not before. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. They were all sitting. Some were not standing. Some were not walking around. I've seen some. May I, may I be honest with you? May I be honest? I've been to many churches all over country. I have seen people get up and start walking around, doing weird stuff. Going, standing over by the wall. Saying, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus. Like, what? You out of oh, everybody, everybody else is in the same unison of the flow of the Holy Spirit. You over there by yourself saying, thank you Jesus to the wall. That's out of order. That's out of order. God is a God of order. 
Because his peace abides in order. 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 His spirit, as you can see, moves in order. He specifically mentions that they were all sitting. Why? Because they were in order. So that when people go to church and everybody's sitting, you don't start standing and walking around. There's order. Do what everybody else is doing. Be in order. Be in agreement. Amen? So that's what we see here. Before the fire can fall, there has to be everything being done decently and in order. Churches are praying for revival. Churches are praying for a move of God. But they're not praying for order. That's why they're not getting it. You have to ask God for the first things first. He said, let everything, let all things be done decently and in order. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Not F, G, H, I, L, O, you know, order. Amen. Let's see what God has to say. Verse 3. Watch this. And there appeared unto them. Cloven means two. Cloven, two. Tongues like of fire. Help me, Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name. And it sat upon each of them. Now, watch this. For the tongues, I'm going to kind of go out of order, but watch this. For the tongues to sit on them, they had to be sitting down. God already knew how he was going to uh, release the cloven tongues of fire, but they had to be in order sitting down for them to receive what he was going to do because it sat on them. They were sitting so it can, the Holy Spirit could sit on them. He didn't want them moving around. That's not what he wanted. He wanted them still, positioned of submission so he could do what he wants to do. It's not about us. It's about him. He wanted them sitting in a seated position, just like in the classroom. Sit down. Don't be walking around. Amen? There's order. Why? Because it causes confusion. Is that right? It disrupts the class. Oh, my God. Watch this. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so now he wanted them sitting so that the tongues of fire could sit on each of them. Now, why tongues of fire? That's the question. Why? We initially talked about how fire purifies, how fire burns, how fire cleanses. Uh-huh. Why the tongue? Why the tongue and the fire? Those two. Why those two? Why the fire and the tongue? Why tongues of fire? Why not just fire? Because the tongue is an unruly evil if it is not controlled by the Holy Ghost. The tongue, the tongue is unruly and it will spew poison if it is not controlled by the Holy Spirit. That's why even in the um, police administration atmosphere, when you are arrested, the
the first thing, and I'm going to go to Scripture to confirm what I just said. They read you what's called your Miranda rights. The first thing they say to you, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you. Where? In the court of law. So they're telling you right now, you have to control your tongue. And I have seen people. When I worked for the coroner's office, I mean, I used to see a lot of stuff. But I have seen people who, after they read them their rights, they test them. Now, what do you have to say about that? They start running their mouth. Man, it wasn't me. It was JoJo. It was <laughs> well, you know what I'm talking about. Well, it, it was JoJo and 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 LC. It was them, man. I was I, I was there, but it wasn't me. And now he's guilty too, because he just said he was there. Oh my God. <laughs> so 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 why the tongue? Let's go and find out why the tongue. Uh, James 3 and 8. James 3 and 8. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. But the tongue can no man tame. In other words, you can't control it. He's saying no man can control the tongue. This is going to set you free. Why? Because now you're going to let the Holy Ghost control your tongue. You're not going to get in trouble by saying the wrong thing. He said, but the tongue no man can tame. You can't control it. No man, he says, no man can control it. Only the Holy Spirit can. Watch this. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Only when that tongue is submitted to the Holy Spirit can it be controlled. Only when the tongue is submitted to the Holy Spirit. You know, people have told me, I, I go to different churches and people say this. You know, this person was speaking in tongues and outside they cursed me out. How can that happen? They say. They, you know, they tell me. I'm just, you know, they, you know I'm being honest. People tell me a lot of stuff. And I listen and I look it up in the Bible and see what's going on. Because that person is not submitted to the Holy Spirit. They are not yielded to the Holy Spirit. How can they do that? How can they come in, praise God, and outside hate? It's real. It happens. Let's be honest. The person is not submitted to the Holy Spirit. That's the only way it can happen. Curse you out, and then you're, you're praising God. He says you can't do it. He says you can't do it. He says, how? How can sweet water or water and poison come out of the same fountain? How can that be? And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, if a person speaks in tongues and they have not God or have not love, they're a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Is that right, Pastor? Yeah, if, if they don't have love, everything we do has to be motivated by love. You know, I spent a lot of time making sure today, Lord, please let my heart be filled with love. 
Not my will, please, Lord. Let my let my motives be love, Lord. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. You know, Lord, let it be love. Let the people feel the love of God so that I can be sure that I'm doing his will and not my own. Even in the message, I said, Lord, I, I don't, why are you bringing this? But I said, he gave me a piece, and I said, okay, I'll do it. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 6, verse 6, 7, and 8. Isaiah 6, verse 6, 7, and 8. This is the prophet after King Uzziah had died, and he goes into the temple to seek God. He goes into the temple to, 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 to pray and to worship God. And this is what he says when he got there. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongues from off the altar. Verse 7. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. The fire. Those angels took a coal off the fire and put it on his tongue, on his, in his mouth. And he, his sin, he had been saying the wrong things with his mouth. His sin was taken away. God could not really deal with him the way he wanted to. But after this, this is a prophet. After this, and it's early, you know, it's 50, uh, 55 books in Isaiah, I think. Wait, is it 66? 66, right? Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. It's, this is early on in the prophet's life. Only after his mouth was purged was God able to reveal all of that to him. God had to deal with his mouth first, his tongue, what he would say. After the mouth is purged, God can move. It's amazing. When I was studying this, when God was revealing this to me, I said, what? God, Isaiah is one of the most powerful prophets in all of Scripture. He was the one that clearly saw the Messiah coming. Clearly. More clear. They call him the eagle-eyed prophet. Amen? But only could he receive from God what he needed for his life was after his mouth was purged by the fire. That's why the fire of the Holy Ghost first appeared in tongues. Because God knows how valuable the tongue is. He said... By thy words, thou shalt be justified. I think it's Matthew uh, 12, 37. I want you to see this in Scripture. Uh, I, think, I think it's uh, Matthew 12, 37. Uh, can you go to Matthew 12, 37? Then we'll go back to uh, uh, verse 8 of Isaiah 6 and 8. Matthew. Yes, that's it. Look at God. For by thy words, thou shalt be justified, and by thy words, thou shalt be condemned. You see that? Why? That's why. That's why the tongue has to be purged. That's why. Because by your words, you're either justified or condemned. It's just like the police. It's just the same thing. The FBI, the CIA, whoever. It's the same thing. 
God forgive you if you repent? Absolutely. Just like Kevin said. If you come to him and ask for forgiveness, he'll cleanse you. But so many people say so many things that they don't go and get cleansed from what they've said. And it's out there. You know how some people say, well, I've released it. It's out there. No, we don't want that. We want the Holy Spirit to purge our tongue. Why? So that God can use us. He can take us to where we need to get. We can stop saying, no, it's not going to happen for me. It happened for them, but it's not going to happen for me. You're crushing your blessing. thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Okay, back to Isaiah 6 and 8. Woo! Now, after he's purged, after he's purged from his mouth, uh, saying the wrong thing, uh, after his mouth has been cleansed by the fire, the tongues uh, from the angels off the altar, purging his words from his mouth that are not acceptable to God, this is what happened. I Also, I heard the voice of the Lord after that, saying, whom shall I send? Now, God, now he's ready. See? See that? Now he's ready to be used by God. Now he's ready. Not before that, he wasn't ready. The tongue had to cleanse. Some of us is holding up blessings by what we're saying. We're holding up blessings by the words we're saying. Some of us are canceling blessings. But God's going to reverse it tonight. He's going to forgive you. He's going to have mercy on you. He's going to change it. He's going to reverse it tonight because you're here and you came. Some of you had already spoken some things and canceled what God had planned life. But God has an order. He's going to reverse it so you can get what you got coming. See, he said also. You see that? Also, I heard the voice of the Lord. See, after, only after. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then tonight, here I am, Lord, send me. Now he's going to send Because his mouth is an order. He's going to bless and not curse.
you're going to move into what he says you're going to do. Because God got to do it, I can't do it. So I'm going to put this, uh, this uh, music on. It's a, it's a CD, and uh, I think it's a song in there. I may want to sing it, but I'll find out when I get there. I never know. <laughs> I never know. Thank you, Lord. We glorify your name, Lord, in all the earth. We glorify your name, Jesus. My God. Did anybody learn anything from what we said? It's very valuable, very powerful. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yes. Yes.
the other part. We don't need it right now. We're going to stay right where we are. We understand now what God wants us to do so that he can release the promises to us. Even the promise in this house that God is going to fill these seats with people who are needing Jesus out there. They need him. God is waiting for the words to be spoken in this house Lord, I trust you to fill up your house. Lord, I trust you to fill up your house. Somebody write that down. Lord, I trust you to fill up your house. He said, go into the highways, the byways, and the hedges. Compel them to come. Why? that my house may be filled. God wants the house filled. That's part of his purpose. Fill them, fill the house, and save them. Jesus. 